Hello, everyone, and good afternoon. Welcome back to Issues with Isabel. Today, I'm here with Haley Moline, the Secretary of State. Haley, thank you for joining me. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Today, I will be interviewing Haley about her views on three very different tensions around the world. The tension in the East China Sea, the instability in Venezuela, and the civil war in South Sudan. Let's start with the critical tensions in the East China Sea. Haley, could you give us some background on that issue? I'd love to. So this issue is a territorial dispute over who owns the Senkaku and Daoyu Islands between China and, and India. The islands have been controlled by Japan or citizens of Japan for the last 120 years, but recently China has reclaimed the islands as theirs. The islands are in both of the country's exclusive economic zones, so both claim that the rich fishing, oil, and natural gas reserves are there. How much oil is in reserves here in the East China Sea? There are about 200 million barrels of oil in this sea. Wow, that is a lot of oil. I've also read that the U.S. has said that these islands are covered under the U.S.-Japan Security Treaty. The treaty between Japan and the United States states that if there is any unauthorized actions by local commanders, there may be a military confrontation with the U.S. involved. That sounds like it could be dangerous. It definitely could be dangerous. The U.S. does not want to take any place in the sovereignty of the islands, but to avoid any being bad relations with China, the U.S. wants to ease the tensions. Haley, how big is the area of islands? There is about 81,000 square miles of disputed area. Well, that is a lot of land. If my calculations are correct. That is only around 5,000 square miles less than the whole state of Minnesota. Yes, the tensions here are high and there is a lot of natural resources and land in the situation. Haley, since you're the Secretary of State, what will you do about this problem? I'm glad that you asked. I've been thinking a lot about this situation lately, and I think that the best way to deal with the problem is to try and create an agreement between India and China. Won't that be hard since they both claim the land and they both want it? Yes, it will be very hard. I believe that this would be the best option, though, because they are both going to keep fighting over it if nothing happens. And then the U.S. would have to get involved if there were any unauthorized actions. Exactly. And the last thing that the U.S. wants to do is get on China's bad side. Sounds like an intense issue. Well, that is all for the tensions in the East China Seas. Should we move on to the second significant tension? Yes. Our second topic of discussion is the instability in Venezuela. This issue is a quick-growing humanitarian crisis. I'll give you a little background on the topic. So back in 1998, Hugo Chavez was elected. Venezuela had the largest oil reserves in the world, so his plan was to provide for his country from this oil. But he quickly drained it, and Venezuela became completely dependent on oil imports, which began the crisis. Then, after Chavez's death, the vice president at the time, Nicolas Maduro, took over. His plan was to print loads of money to get their economy stable again. Wow, that's quite the plan. I'm surprised he took such a risky move. As are many others. As most people know, if you increase money production, it'll just deflate its worth. Nothing was solved by his printing of this money. Wow, that's incredible. There's been a lot of talk regarding this declining of outside help. Yes, there has. So Maduro dug the economic hole a little bit deeper when he didn't allow shipments of food, medical supplies, you know, XYZ items from multiple countries who wanted the help. Yeah, many suspect the problem could have been solved with the help. I would have given him an opportunity to rebuild this, their country with the help. Yep, Maduro didn't want his country to be helped by others. He wanted to solve it on his own. But since 2015, an estimated 3.4 Venezuelans have fled the country due to the issue. A lot of that could have been stopped by accepting that help, right? 
Correct. The U.S. believes that it would have helped a lot, and this destabilized country that's pouring out its members is affecting surrounding areas. They've received a huge influx of citizens, and it's hurting their economies. Haley, this sounds like a big problem for everyone involved. What do you believe is the best role for the United States to take at the moment? That's a great question, Isabel. I feel that in this situation, we just need to continue what we're doing. We have been sending a lot of help to them through different organizations. Now that Maduro has accepted a shipment, I feel that continuing to send them will give him an opportunity to rebuild their economy. And he just accepted that shipment back in April of this year, correct? There's a shipment of supplies from the Red Cross? Yes, and accepting it was a huge win for everyone. The first time accepting help is the hardest, and after this, we hope he'll see how much it really gives and how much hope it brings his people, and we are very confident that he will accept more in the future. Wow, that's awesome. Hopefully next time we're talking about Venezuela on the air, it will be because it will come back. Yes, me too, and I think it will be. He can use the help as a break for him, and he can take that energy towards regrouping. He really needs to rebuild the business businesses and stabilize his currency and once money's back in circulation and the businesses are up again i believe that his country is back again i think that's a great way to start you know the food shortage has caused significant problems i read that 61 percent of venezuelan surveyors said that they went to bed hungry and the average weight loss in 2017 was 11 kilograms per person that's incredible It really is. It's affecting everyone in the country. Their money inflation doesn't give them access to the resources that they need. Well, I think your plan of sending help is a great way to help the problems Venezuela is facing. Thank you. Shall we move on to our final topic? Yes, let's do it. So the final topic we're going to discuss today is the civil war in South Sudan. This topic is one that has limited threat to the U.S., but is still a big problem, correct? Yes, that's right. So the basic gist of the situation is that there are two ethnic groups the Dinka and the Nur. These are the two biggest ethnic groups in South Sudan, and they got a political dispute following Marchar, vice president, being removed. The Dinkas aligned with the Kir, and the Nur aligned with Machar. So what happened following this tension? Yeah, this tension regarding these two people created a lot of violence between the ethnic groups. There have been armed forces formed who commit acts of violence ranging from rape to property destruction against civilians. And all of this just regarding the politics? Yes. They both know that their person has to be in power if they want to see the changes that they want. But this violence is not the way to do that. They are directing aggression in an area that will not get their power and their party into power. That's definitely a good point, Haley. And I read that Marchar even fled the country over the issue. Yeah, he did. It's affecting so much of South Sudan. Farmers cannot even plant their crops due to the violence. And the South Sudan food crisis that came up is claimed to be the worst in the world. Wow, that's terrible. So, Haley, as Secretary of State in the U.S., what do you feel your role should be? It's a tough thing to know, Isabel. The U.S. at the moment is not involved, and the situation is not super threatening to us. We are not aligned with South Sudan either, so there's no need to help out because we don't consider them an ally. But we do want South Sudan to feel like they can count on us, and it's a great opportunity to help out where we, when we don't need to and show other areas that we are a good country to be aligned with. That's a smart way of thinking, Haley. So will you potentially move forward in helping South Sudan in any way? Yeah, I feel that we will do some humanitarian work. I don't want to send in any troops because I feel that that's getting involved in a way we don't want to, but I could see us sending food to help out with their shortage. I don't advise any mission groups going into South Sudan because it's just too dangerous at the moment, but sending food will at least take away tensions from that area and allow everyone a little bit of a break. I think that's a smart move. It's a great way to help but not get involved in the violent side of things. Yeah, I feel that it's a good move for both parties. Well, 
Thank you for coming and sharing your opinions on different tensions around the world, Haley. It's been my pleasure to come and talk. In conclusion, today we have talked about three different tensions and the foreign policy regarding these tensions. We talked about the tensions in the East China Sea, the instability in Venezuela, and the violence in, with the civil war in South Sudan. Our Secretary of State here shared her opinions on each of the tensions and what strategies she would want to use being Secretary of State. These tensions around the world are very important topics, and I believe that people should be educated about them constantly. So I am very glad that you had me come in. Thank you. Yes, thank you for joining us. That was Haley Williams, Secretary of State, and I'm Ms. Malikla. Thank you for listening. This week's talk is brought to you by Kleenex. Without Kleenex, I wouldn't have been able to do the podcast because I am sick. Kleenex helped me greatly. That's correct. She sounded pretty bad before using them. Get yours at your local stores and use code issues W slash is for 10% off one full price box. Thank you.